thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, grab your bulletin on the back is the outline, and we're in uh, a series called Let's Go. And there's a reason we're in this series at this time of the year, and that is because we are a month before Easter. One month. April 5th is Easter. I guess it's less than a month. But uh, here's the deal. We talked about the series Let's Go, but we talked about two words in the last two, three weeks, because snow got us one, but come in and go out. And we know those are military terms because we're in a battle. We've got to come in as worship, go out is witnessing, okay? The reason that I chose this little mini-series here at this spot is for Easter. There are people in your neighborhood, next door, across the street, around the corner that you work with that you have been burdened for for a while. You've been watching them, thinking about them, you know, doing God if you want me, okay? But, but they're out there, okay? And I want you to be very intentional of getting them here for Easter, okay? Very intentional. So today, we come in, worship, we go out for witnessing. Today is, let's be friends, okay? And if you're going to have friends, what must you do next week? Let's eat, all right? If you got friends, you got to eat, okay? So today, we're going to jump in and look at trying to be or being a friend like Jesus, okay? Now, once you jump into the Word, go to, there's a whole lot of Scripture to set it up, so don't, lose, don't let me lose you here, okay? Go to Luke uh, 15 first. Go to Luke 15. Now, let me say this first. What I'm reading is the Bible, but everywhere you see me, where we're going to read today, when we set this up, tax collectors are always mentioned in the Bible with sinners. I did not put them there. It's the Bible. Don't get mad at me. Don't say, why, he's whooping up on my job. No, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just reading the Bible, okay? You can, God can talk about that later, but it's just the Bible. I'm just reading the Bible, okay? So Luke 15, verse 1, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him, near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable saying, and he goes on to talk about a parable of coin, lost coin, and and, and the prodigal son. Now go to Mark. Go back to Mark. Look at uh, Mark 2. Look at verse 15. 2.15. So he, Jesus, arose and followed him. I'm sorry, now it happened, I'm sorry, I was one verse ahead. Now it happened, as he was dining at Levi's house, and Levi's Matthew here, okay? When you write a book in the Bible, you can change your name if you want to, okay? I guess, I don't know, okay? I don't know how that happened. Now it happened, as he was dining in Levi's house, that many tax collectors, how many? Many, okay? Many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus, and the disciples were there and the disciples were, and, and the disciples for there were many, and they followed him. Now I want you to jump to Matthew. Go to Matthew. Now this is a great text right here. Um, go to Matthew chapter nine. Look at verse ten. Matthew nine ten. Now it happened 
as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that, behold, many, I don't know why they keep doing that to us, but many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. What he means is, I don't require them to do the right thing before I love them. Somebody, somebody came for that. Y'all, whoever that is, y'all, y'all can leave. Y'all done. All right. don't, they don't have to act right before we love them. That's what he's saying there. All right. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Go over one page, Matthew 11. Just flip over to the right. Matthew 11. Look at verse 19. All in red here, if that means something to you. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. What Jesus is saying is, Oh, yeah, I'm sitting with them, but look at the fruit of me hanging with them. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm like, I can't say nothing about that. Can't say nothing. Now go to the main text today. John 8. Familiar story. If you've grown up in the church at any time, you've heard this one. John chapter 8. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning, he came again to the temple, to church. All right? And all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. And then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when, he had set her, when they had set her in his midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses' law commands us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something to which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. And so when they continued asking, he raised, him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, <clears throat> went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left with the woman standing in his midst. And when Jesus had raised himself, he saw no one but the woman, and he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Mm. Listen to me. Jesus is best friends of sinners. Jesus is the best friend a sinner can have. He's the best 
friend in the world to sinners. Now listen to me. I'm not trying to throw sinners under the bus here. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. All of us have. But Jesus was a friend to me and to you. He's, Jesus is the best friend of sinners. We need to be a friend like Jesus. Let's look at this. A friend like Jesus isn't condemning. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Next verse says this, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved because of him. Oh, my friends, listen to me today. Good news. Jesus is not here to condemn you. He's not here to condemn you. You say, well, Jesus knows everything I've ever done. He does, and he loves you like crazy. He loves you. He didn't come to condemn us. You see, we're real surprised sometimes, we are, man, when sinners do stuff like they do. Oh, my gosh, did you see what they did? Mm-hmm. Did you see what they're doing? Mm-hmm. When the world acts like the world, we're shocked. Why? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is deep. I, I, this is deep, okay? If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down, okay? You need to write this down, all right? Dogs bark. Cats meow. And sinners sin. Deep. Woo! Deep today. All right? Deep. It's kind of like this. Follow with me. Hunters hunt. Swimmers Golfers, I said that one time, a lady in front of me said, lie. <laughs> yep, because when they shoot a seven at a hole, they write down five. After 18 holes, man, that shaves off a lot of points, amen? You always want to get back in the golf cart and look over and go, dude, that was seven, not a five. Oh, that's how you play golf. <laughs> I ain't know. I ain't know. Hey, sinners, sin. Why are we shocked when they sin? Why are we appalled and offended when they sin? That's what sinners do. That's what they do. Listen to me. How many of y'all have ever driven in foreign countries? I haven't driven a lot in foreign countries. I, went, I have pastors and missionary people that I know that, that spend a lot of time over there. So I went to this thing one time. This missionary was talking about being a missionary in foreign countries, all the adjustments and stuff like that. guy said, what's the biggest adjustment being a missionary in foreign country? He goes, driving, <laughs> driving. So he goes on to say that, like in America, if you come up to an intersection and there are three lanes, the maximum number of cars at that red light are three. You go to a foreign country, and you, and you got three lanes, and you come up to the intersection, the maximum number of cars at that intersection, seven. And now, if I'd have said vehicles, it would have been 16 because then you have mopeds between them, all right? And they all take off the same time, and all 16 go into what? Three lanes. That's what they do, 
All right? So this missionary guy's riding with this guy, this taxi driver, and he's just coming from the airport to the hotel. Fium, 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 fium. Like seven stop signs act like they're just suggestions. All right? And the missionary guy says, dude, <laughs> that, that, you just ran like seven stop signs. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like no big deal. He says, man, do y'all have a lot of wrecks over here? No, I don't have very few wrecks at all. Are you serious? He said, you know where you have all the wrecks? Where you come from. Because you crazy Americans think that these lines mean you're supposed to stay in them. Over here, we don't expect that. We know they're going to run the stop sign. They know I'm going to run it. They know I'm not going to stay in it. They're not going to stay in it either. See, what we do is we're driving down the road. You got the kids in the back seat with your fish on the back, and somebody gets over in your lane. You're like, oh, um, hey, hey, yeah, get in your lane, get in your lane, get in your lane. And then we give up to the intersection at the red light, and you got to give them a look. <laughs> now, we're not giving them the look because we're mad. We're giving them the look because we want them to drive better so they don't hurt anybody. Isn't that right? That's why we give them the look. That's what sinners do. Sinners don't know there's any lines out there, and they don't even care that there's lines out there. They're all over the place, and they don't ever stop. And what we do is we want to point it out. Listen to me. You didn't know there were lines either until the grace of God saved you. You didn't. And now all of a sudden, you want to be Holy Spirit police. Like God's tired and needs a, needs a co-part. Yeah, come on, man, you got to help me out here. Go convict these sinners. They're living like sinners. Duh. That's what they're supposed to live like. You ask a dog to meow. You need to shoot him if he does. All right? I'm sorry. I love pets. I have two. Okay? All right? Number two. You got to be a, a friend like Jesus is, is, isn't compromising. A friend like Jesus is not compromising. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you. Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 7.26 says this. For such a high priest is fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. Listen to me. A friend like Jesus is not compromising. You see, they brought this woman to Jesus and said this woman was caught in the very act. And he didn't say nothing. See, if you're ever going to be a friend of sinners, you can't compromise. And here's how you can't compromise. If you have any curiosity to sin in your body, you got to be careful trying to befriend sinners. See, Jesus was not, he was separate. He was the epitome of being in the world and not of it. He could be a friend to sinners, but not be drawn into it. You see, when they brought this woman to Jesus, he didn't say, oh, really? Tell me what she was doing. See, that's what we do. Oh, oh tell me. I want to know. Let me tell you something. You know how to not eat alone in junior high? All morning, tell everybody you meet you know something about someone, you'll tell them at lunch. 
you'll have a whole crowd at your table. That's the truth. Gossip attracts. Jesus was not tempted by sin. He wasn't curious about sin. Listen to me. We need to be a friend to sinners, but you don't have to behave like them to be their friend. Because if you're behaving act like them, okay, maybe you're not separate from them. That's the question I have. If you're going to be light, you can't walk in darkness. We're to be a friend that's not compromising, but we don't have to behave like them. See, there's a, there's a lesson in the Scripture about the leopard. It's beautiful. In the Old Testament, it is taught that the unclean could make the clean unclean. But in the New Testament, after the cross and the tomb, the clean now can make the unclean clean. Mm. Come on. We, we represent Jesus in this world. He's not coming down here to do our work for us. He saved us, redeemed us, and put his power in us through the Holy Spirit. And now he says, this harvest is white among you. Go, go, go. Go. I had a buddy of mine, we was having a little prayer group. He brought a, he said, man, I got a co-worker. Man, he needs, a, he needs this group. He, he doesn't have church, doesn't go to church, and nothing. Then he gets his co-worker here. I said, well, bring him, to, bring him to the small group. So he brought him one time to the small group, a bunch of guys meeting. He comes in, sits down, first time ever. He, you can tell right off the bat, this cat, he couldn't spell church if you gave him all the letters. He, he don't know what to do at church, okay? And I love those kind of folks, man. They're fun, right? So he's sitting down there, and we're talking, just sharing. I'm teaching a little bit, and these guys are talking all of a sudden. I'm teaching all of a sudden. He goes, hey! I'm like, oh my God, it's not time for comments, okay? But, but he didn't know. He just said, hey, I got a great idea. I said, okay. He goes, we ought to study all the religions and come up with the best of each one. And I said, that's a great idea. Now, if you were to ask that, I'd say, that's a dumb idea. All right? But lost people don't know. That's a good question. All right? That's a great idea. But I said, hey, here's the deal. Here's what religion is. Religion, all religions got a little bit of Bible in it. But it's man's opinion of the word. Okay? So instead of studying man's opinion... Why don't we study the Word of God, which is God's opinion? And the guy said, that's a great idea. Three weeks later, at studying the Word, we were in John, big setup by God. That's all about Jesus, by the way, John is. Three weeks later, on a Tuesday afternoon, the buddy calls me and says, hey, man, just led my buddy to Christ. Why? Because we didn't chase religion Man's opinion, we got in the word, which is God's opinion. This book will change your life. Religion will mess you up for life. Okay? Take your pick. You want to be messed up for life? You want to be changed. All right? Because the word of God will change your life. See, you can bring, you, you need to be a friend that does not compromise. Right there was a chance to compromise. What, what people that chase religion want to do is keep you on that level so that there's always confusion and you can't, you're just left defending what you believe. Don't go there. 
It's just postponement. It's just delayed. It's just distraction. It's what they use to keep you away from the truth. Go back to the word all the time. And I'm going to tell you something. You'll never have to, never have to defend the truth. Never. It'll take care of itself. Don't compromise it. Three. Three is this. A friend like Jesus is compassionate. A friend like Jesus is compassionate. Matthew 9, 36, Jesus says he looked out, saw the multitude, and had compassion on them. Had compassion on them. I want you to see this. This is, this is an incredible story. This story that we just read, it happened in church. Okay? Happened in church. So Jesus is the greatest religious leader at that time. And he's teaching. Okay? And this woman is caught in adultery. And it, and it helps us by saying, in the very act. Okay? Like, we had a hard time with that. Okay, in the very act. So they drag her, the Pharisees, drag her in front of the church and say, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act, right in front of Jesus. And let me ask you a question. It's not a hard question. In the very act does imply there's another person. Where's the dude? Where's the dude? Does your Bible point him out? Is he in the front of the church? He isn't, is he? Not there. Here's my hunch on this. They said they asked him this to test him. I think this is set up from the get-go. You know who I think that dude was? Pharisee. I think he's one of them cats, one of those Pharisees. Here's what happens. They bring her in here, all right? Jesus stoops down and begins to ride on the ground. I wonder if he didn't write the dude's name. <laughs> Just a hunch. Read that again. Read it and put that, put that in there. And go, that's pretty interesting. There's no mention of him, is there? None. But who's trying to, get up, who's trying to set Jesus up here? Pharisees. Why? So they have something to what? Accuse him about. Dude's not mentioned. I wonder if Jesus wrote his name. Here's what's great. So later on, this conversation keeps going, and Jesus again, it says he begins to write in the sand again, or in the ground again. And then after he writes, they begin to leave old as first because what condemned them? They're conscious. <laughs> Let me share this with you. Jesus wrote the name of the dude, and then he goes, hmm, and you, you were there once with her. You were with her once. You were with her once. Yeah, you too. The whole group that was trying to get Jesus, he's all writing the names in the ground. And they're like, dude, he just wrote my name. I'm out of here. <laughs> he wrote my name. I'm out. <laughs> Woo! Toast. He wrote my name. He's Jesus. I think their conscience condemned them because it's a setup from the get-go. They were ready to absolutely stone the woman in front of church for the very act that she was caught in. And Jesus, the greatest religious leader at the time, 
simply met her with compassion. Compassion. We were built this house over here in Saddleback about seven years ago, and I kind of served as the supervisor or the superintendent of that job, general contractor. And uh, so a lot of these guys that worked at my house, I knew, and some I didn't. And so every evening I would go over, check on the house, clean, sweep, whatever, and uh, then go back home. So I got to meet this guy kind of a little bit. We got to kind of talking. He's in the house, and he's a sub dude. He has his subs working there and stuff like that. So I hadn't seen him in a long time. And now you know I love to eat at Logan's for lunch because they have two meals for $14.99, which is darn cheap at Logan's. Amen? All right? And so I always sit in the bar area, okay, because it's loud out there. And they say, where's the best? I asked the waiter, where's the best place to sit in Logan's? He's at the bar at lunch. Nobody's at the bar at lunch. I said, cool. So I'm sitting at the booth, same booth all the time. Melissa gives me a hard time because I'll pull up in my Jeep. And before I can ever get in the door, my sweet tea with a lemon sitting at my seat. Hey, I like being spoiled. So, so I go in there, and I'm sitting there one time, and I'm eating, and I'm all by myself. And this, the, that guy I was telling you about comes walking out of the restaurant, and he's about to go out that door. And, and I see him. He sees me, and he, he waves at me. And then he comes back up. To, he tells this guy's bye. And then he comes up the steps, and he says, hey, what you doing, man? I ain't seen you in a long time. I said, no, I mean, either. have a seat. He sits down, and I'm finishing my meal. The lady comes by to pour some more sweet tea in my, in my glass. And he said, hey, do you want something to drink or anything? I said, no, nah, I've already eaten in the restaurant. I'm good. I said, hey, if you want something to drink, just get you something to drink. He says, I'll take a beer. I'm like, all right. So he gets a beer. I'm cool with that. Very cool with that. Don't have any problem with that at all, okay? So I'm sitting there with this guy with a beer, and we're talking. And the guy's in his mid-40s. He's been divorced once. He's struggling in this marriage and all this other stuff. He's just not at peace. He's anxious. Things aren't going good, la, 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 la. Long story short, we're talking, and he says, hey, man, by the way, what do you do? <laughs> I said, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh. <laughs> Guess I shouldn't be drinking the beer. I said, no, listen to me. I don't care about that beer. And you know what? I don't think God thinks that beer is a big deal either. I said, but here's what's a big deal. Jesus Christ loves you. And he died on a cross for you. And if you will receive him as your Savior, he'll come in your life through the Holy Spirit. He'll change you. And the old will be gone and the new will come. And you'll be a new creation. And he said, mm, this hurts me. He said, I've never heard that before. <laughs> He's 45 years old probably. He lives in the Bible belt. It's probably a curse now. But he lives down here, okay? He's never heard that? You know why he's probably never heard that? Because what he always hears is beer, 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 beer. And he's looked at bad or judged because of the beer. And I bet you there's probably been people through his life that have been pastors, people that are born again, probably see him, but they didn't go to the gospel because they were so consumed by the beer. You see, we've got to meet people with compassion and not condemn them. Listen to me, church. Do the people at your work, your neighbors, your friends, do they know you love them? 
I'm not, I'm talking about love them with all their stuff, all their stuff. You say, Jeff, I, I, I don't have compassion for people like that. Listen to me. If you will come in and worship and meet with Jesus' compassion, you will go out with compassion. See, listen to me, friends. Jesus calls us to be fishers of men. He does. We catch them. He cleans them. See, too many times we want to clean them up for Jesus. Runs them off. We're not here to clean them. We're here to catch them. He'll clean them. You want to be... (laughs) You want to be a person of compassion. You want to be a friend like Jesus. Listen to me. You got a little over three weeks before Easter. I want you to begin now saying, God, I need a face of that person. I need a face of that family. I need you to put that, those kids of that home on my heart because I'm about to go be Jesus to them, a friend like Jesus, and meet them with compassion. And Jesus will change their life and family forever. Let's partner today to go in, to come in, to go out, and be a friend like Jesus. Pray with me. Father, this morning, mm, we are very, very thankful, grateful beyond words, that you were a friend to a sinner like me. In the ugliest times of my life, in the dump of my life, when I didn't acknowledge you, didn't care, nothing, you were my friend. And now, Father, that I know you as my Savior and Lord, may you make me a friend like Jesus. God, today, if there's anybody at the sound of my voice that has not met that Jesus, but today feels that compassion, they're empty, they're hollow, and they're searching, but they're in the right place today. Father, I pray for that individual or individuals. They would come this morning and give their life to Christ and be born again today. Father, if there's a family sitting out there that is looking for a church, home, not a place to attend, but a home, that they would come this morning, join this church, and be an active, living part of the body of Christ here. God, maybe us, maybe, maybe we're the ones, God, that need a burden for people to be a friend like Jesus. I pray we come to the altar. Just ask us, ask Jesus to help us be that friend today. Whatever you need to do, God, during this invitation time, my prayer simply is that whatever you have said to us, we will act in obedience on that. But we will be blessed. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. Be honored today during this invitation time, and may you draw your people to you in Christ's name.
I'm going to ask you to stand, church. This morning.